This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Inner Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Carolina Salazar, and I'm so excited for today's episode, you guys. It's such a good one, and it's just so juicy, so empowering. I recorded just now with Monica Yates. She is a healer, a speaker, a coach, a period whisperer, and her mission really is to help women clear trauma so that they can step into their magnetic, sexy selves and to really connect with their feminine energy And she's also the host of the Feminine as Fuck podcast. And she is just so magnetic. Like she really is the embodiment of everything she talks about on her social media, on her podcast. And I really, really enjoyed our conversation. We talked a lot about how can you find the right balance between being a successful, badass, hardworking woman, but then also allowing yourself to tap into your feminine? How can you connect to your feminine to find more peace, more fulfillment in your romantic relationships, in your life overall, more happiness in your own body as well, in your own life? And we dove into how can you avoid being in the energy of mothering your significant other and step into the energy of the lover. We talked about her tangible tips for separating the energy of work from the energy of restfulness and finding the right balance, really. She really, really embodies harmony and merging the divine masculine and the divine feminine in her own life. And so I loved picking her brain about all of that. And I think you're going to absolutely love this conversation. If you're somewhat like me and sometimes you feel a little bit like you end up being in your masculine more so than your feminine. You know, if you have a hard time connecting to that side of yourself a little bit more, you're going to learn a lot from this conversation. It was jam-packed, so, so interesting, and I am 100% sure you're going to like it. So if you do, remember to share it on your story, tag Monica and I. All her socials are linked in the description. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and hit the bell icon in the top left corner of Spotify and the plus button in the top right corner of Apple Podcasts so you can be in the loop when new episodes are released every single week. I love sharing new episodes with you guys and that's an awesome way you can support the podcast and be a part of the Inner Growth family. And if you're looking to connect with other women who are on the path to empowerment and who love holistic health, you can join our free Geneva group chat, which is also linked in the description of this episode. So with that said, I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you are here from Monica's world, welcome. I hope you love our chat and I will now move on to the bulk of the episode. I'll see you on the other side and let's get growing. Hello, Monica. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, of course. I feel like this episode is going to be so 
juicy and I'm so excited. Before we started recording, I was just telling you how like I personally have a lot of Mars energy in my chart. So I'm always trying to connect more to my feminine and I'm excited to just absorb all your knowledge and all your wisdom on how to do that. So before we dive in, can you share your sun, moon, and rising in astrology? Oh, I love that. Okay, so I'm a double Sag. So Sag, moon, Sag, sun. I actually just had my birthday two days ago. Um, and then my rising is Gemini. Ooh, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank oh my God, that's like an interesting and cool dynamic. Did you know you were yes. born moon? And then because you have right. Gemini rising, your sun and your moon are in the seventh. So it's like you really find yourself and like see your- Wait, tell me about this. I don't know. Okay. I know like a little bit and I'll like Google the whole like birth chart thing and I've like done it for my fiance and I read it, but I don't know to this extent. So, oh my God, please give okay. me the details. So basically like your rising sign defines the first house of your chart, which is your house of identity. So it's like yes, you okay. as like when it comes to how you see yourself and like how you come across the world, you are more in your Gemini energy. So like talking, yes. communicating, okay, learning, that conversations, that kind of thing. Yep. And like being playful but then also your sun and your moon are in the opposite sign so what that means mm. is that both of those placements are in your seventh house and your seventh house what it like kind of represents is the energy that you need to bring into this life to balance yourself out so like you're probably naturally very balanced in that way mm. and then also it's like the house of romantic relationships and like one-on-one -on -one relationships, which makes a lot of sense to like you shine when you're talking about relationships and like being in your feminine or being in balance, really, because the seventh house is ruled by Libra naturally. For you, it's in Sag, but the energy of the seventh house is the energy of Libra too, which is the energy of like relationships and romantic relationships. So wow. really cool. It makes a lot of I sense. I love that. Thank you for that little insight. I'm obsessed. Of course. I love it. I love that. When so people much. say really cool. that shit doesn't exist or it's not real, I'm like, you are wrong. Like, go and read your birth chart. It is so accurate. We were doing my fiance's the other day, and it's funny because we did it when we first started dating, and his mom couldn't remember AM or PM. So I did both, and I decided, whichever one was wrong, I decided you're this one because, like, I don't want you to be the other one. Uh -huh. And then we redid it a few weeks ago, and the correct uh -huh. one was the one that I, like, didn't want because he's, like, a double Virgo, but he's, he's an Aquarius with a double Virgo. And uh -huh. normally, Sag and Virgo don't mix well, but I didn't know him as well when we first started dating. Anyway, and we were reading it, and it is so accurate, like, to the point of it is very likely that you will marry a foreigner. And like, we just got engaged. I'm Australian. He's American. Like wow. the crazy, and it was even saying how like you need to be in a relationship with a Sagittarius, like all of these little things about like work. And it's just, it's incredible. And I think like a cool thing to do too, is if you're like kind of like not so convinced about astrology is also going to pay an astrologer to read your charts yes. and like tell you to your face without knowing you and knowing nothing about you. And then you're yes. like, what the heck? Like, this is way too accurate and kind of crazy. Right. For it to not be true, so true you know that's so true yeah yeah oh my gosh love that so much and so to start out could you just like tell me a little bit about your story with how you first came into contact with the concept of feminine energy like how did that come into your life okay so I mean my story of how I got here is pretty long so for that particular chunk of my story of really how I got into the whole feminine masculine dynamic I'd probably say the biggest thing that really propelled me into that area was a really bad ski accident that I had. I always thought that because I was very fiery, like as a kid, and I still am very fiery, 
that I was just masculine. Like I just thought that that's how it was. And I really wore masculinity as a badge of honor. I really wore burnout as a badge of honor. I thought that anything to do with being feminine or being a woman was weak. I grew up with this programming of next time I'm coming back as a man. So I was programmed from a very young age to essentially feel like as a woman, we got the bad end of the stick. So when I had my ski accident, basically like long story short, what happened was a snowboarder ran into me and it was the second day of, and I'm a really big skier. So it was the second day of like a six week ski holiday with my family. So really unideal. It was Christmas Eve and I love Christmas. So it was just everything at once. Like my whole life was falling apart. Anyway, it was a very, very bad accident. I had to have a seven and a half hour surgery. I had to learn how to walk again and like everything. And it was very, um, it was quite dehumanizing because I'm like, I was a grown woman and I had to have my parents showering me. I had to have my mom coming to the toilet with me and like wiping my bum after I took a shit. Like there was no sense of independence. It was all stripped from me. Mm -hmm. And why I found that so transformational, I think was because I always thought that being misindependent was the most attractive thing, the best thing in the world, like X, Y, and Z, because we're really programmed. Like I really am like society programs us to feel like being misindependent and hustling and being, you know, really masculine is the best thing and being feminine is being weak. So I would say that really propelled me into it was honestly an awakening of, okay, I'm moving too fast. I'm constantly going at a million miles an hour. Like I'm not paying attention to my body. And there was a lot of signs before that where my body was telling me that like something was wrong. Like I was out of alignment and I was essentially like killing myself from the inside out. But I think that that ski accident, because it put me in a wheelchair, I didn't have any other choice but to face it. So that was kind of the last straw that made me then really be like, okay, I need to take a look at myself. Prior to that, I was very interested in it because one of my ex-boyfriends, when I, I was dating him, when I was missing my period, I'd come off the pill and I hadn't had it for maybe like, I don't know, 16 months at this point or something. And he was super masculine and would really try and get me in my feminine. And it was this really weird dynamic that I had where I wanted it so badly. Like I was so turned on by what he would do, but I also felt like it was so wrong. I felt like it was bad of me and it was pathetic of me to want that and to actually enjoy it, you know, because we are really programmed as women, or at least I was when I was younger, if you want a man to look after you and dominate you and cherish you and like all this kind of stuff, then like you are a weak woman. And if you want to be a strong woman, then you shouldn't be enjoying a man that does that essentially. Anyway, and I got my period back a few months into dating him. And I just had this epiphany where I was like, I don't, like nothing had changed. The naturopaths couldn't figure it out. I was on all these herbs and nothing was working. Stopped taking them, started dating him. And I got my period back. And I started to do a lot of research into the effects that men have on women's hormones. And there is so much research to prove it. Actually, I wouldn't say so much, unfortunately. There isn't that much, but there is research to prove it. And basically, I got obsessed with pulling together all of the little bits of research that were done on women's cycles and men and the difference between men and women and our nervous systems. And I would pull it all together to basically see how my hypothesis was actually correct. So my accident was 2017, but after I recovered and everything, 2018, 2019 is when I really started to get into it. And that was basically how I just became obsessed with this topic because 
our feminine energies linked to so much more and us not being in our feminine as women causes so much dysfunction in our body and us being in our feminine brings in so much alignment. But we have that duality of that push and pull where society and the media tells us it's wrong, but our hearts want it. And then we create duality in ourselves because we're rejecting it, but at the same time being so like turned on by it. Yeah. Wow. I totally have so many things to say, but I think it's really interesting how, you know, being forced physically to slow down was what kind of took you inward in that way. But then also, you know, you really touched on this element of sometimes women feeling a lot of guilt for like this craving of being in the feminine, especially when it comes to relationships, romantic relationships and like wanting someone else to be more in the masculine. And I've personally found in like my own kind of life, as much as like I tend to be, as I was telling you, like I had a lot of Mars in my chart. So mm-hmm. I tend to be a lot in my masculine. I grew up in the same way as you, like yeah. very much in that kind of polarity. But I've really seen it like kind of been talked about on TikTok, how a lot of the times more dominant women who are like badass, like want to achieve big things in their career, like in their relationships, that's not what they want. Like you don't want to be in your masculine in the relationship. You really just want to be able to then sink back and like be in your feminine and kind of be in that polarity instead. Correct. But it is so hard for a lot of women to just be able to shift and change because for a lot of us, we don't feel safe to be in our feminine. You know, there is so much programming of, you know, it's dangerous to be a woman and it's not to diminish the pain and suffering that a lot of women go through. But when we don't heal that and when we constantly let that be our story, we hurt ourselves. You know, there's always, my argument is there's always going to be pain. There's always going to be shit going on in the world. And you can either decide that that's not going to affect your story and your truth, or you can decide that you're going to constantly live that out and therefore never feel like you're in alignment. And then we have on the flip side, so like women don't feel safe to be in their feminine. And then at the same time, unfortunately, men don't feel safe to be in their masculine, right? They feel unsafe to talk to women at a bar. You know, they never know whether they hold open the door, whether they're going to get labeled as something or told they can hold open their own door as a woman, blah, blah, blah. And so men are also finding that this modern society is not allowing them to be in their masculine and alignment and their full selves either. So it's really hard because it's not like it's a woman's problem or a man's problem. It's both. It's it's a fucking like the society problem, honestly, because if us women just let ourselves be ourselves and if men felt like they they could be themselves, there'd be harmony. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately- It's all this external programming that makes us believe a story that is not our truth as like human beings. Yeah, definitely. And so what are your tips for finding more of that safety and like feeling more secure and more safe to embody that energy? I would say the number one thing is like have conversations with guy friends because you have to heal your relationship with men. That is the number one thing. Like our biology has not changed. Our primitive instincts have not changed. Our brain has not changed. So our brain still feels the safest when we are around men that know they're going to protect us. The example I use is like if you were out at 2 a.m. on the street walking home with you and your girlfriend, would you feel safer with you and your girlfriend or would you feel safer with you and three guys? I guarantee the latter. Because our brains know that they can fight, they can protect, they are stronger than us. And women don't like to admit that like they're stronger than us because they think that it's saying that we are weak. 
men being physically stronger doesn't mean anything about you. So there's two main things. Firstly, heal your relationship with men. Secondly, heal your insecurities as a person and as a woman. So with healing your relationship with men, a really easy step to just firstly take is have a conversation or conversations with the men in your life about what they love about women and tell them there's going to be no judgment that your mouth is going to be zipped This is not like an argumentative conversation. This is one-sided. You want to just hear from them. You're not going to respond. You're just going to hear from them. And one, you might actually notice that a lot of them don't feel comfortable to do that. And that's something to then get inquisitive about because I've been doing this survey since like 2019, I think. And I read these answers out in some of my programs from these men. And I mean, it is heartbreaking what they say of like the things that they're afraid of or that they are so sad that they can't smile at a woman anymore because they're afraid of being, you know, labeled something or getting in trouble or X, Y, and Z. So if you can just open up the conversation with your male friends about what they love in women and what they love about the feminine, and then maybe what they feel unsafe about as men these days, I guarantee you that your mind is going to be blown wide open because it's probably pretty narrow right now with like labeling men as this, when actually most of the time, most of those men are not like that. The second thing with the insecurity. So for a lot of people, right, if you feel insecure about something, you will ensure that you do not live out that insecurity. So if you feel insecure about being labeled as soft, you will do the opposite. You will not want to be soft and you will see that as a degrading comment, not something beautiful that someone's told you. So if you, for example, healed whatever your shit is around the word soft, when a man says to you, I love how soft and warm you are, you would actually be able to say that as a compliment rather than an insult. So I would say like those two things are the best places to start. That's really interesting. And I think that both of them are really important. And I think that the insecurity part is so different for everyone, but Mm. I definitely like kind of see myself in that in the sense of like, a lot of the times I want to be perceived, you know, as this like high achieving, like badass. And, you and know, if someone that said I was can't... soft or if someone yeah. said that I was like, you know, really motherly, like yeah. I don't necessarily think I would see it as like a degrading thing, but I definitely have to dig deeper to identify like what are those trigger words, you know? Correct. What's really important is that this is not to say that you cannot be a strong, high achieving woman that is also warm and soft and nurturing, et cetera. You're allowed to have both. It's just that unfortunately, and I used to be like this, so many women have swung completely in one direction of being this girl boss, high achieving, like go, 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 hustle, burn yourself out. And the reality is that they're not happy. Like their ego is happy. They're happy at work when they're killing it and getting awards and making a bunch of money. But then they come home to an empty apartment to the beliefs of dating is shit these days, all men at dickheads, et cetera, et cetera. They're yes. having shit sex and they're actually deeply unhappy. And I really want people and women especially to understand that it does not mean that you cannot have an incredible relationship and make shitloads of money and have an incredible career. You can do both. It's just that you need to have an open mind on learning how to do both. A lot of what I'm doing with my work, and I guess my book as well, is that I'm blending like the old traditional things that we still want inherently as humans, like feminine and masculine relationships, like great sex, like being provided for and protected for by a man. I'm blending that with 
the modern stuff that we all want. We want to make money. We want to have a great career. We want to be a mom and a career woman. It's like, okay, we are blending two very different things that have never been blended before. Yes, so a lot of people facts. don't know how to blend them because it's never been done before. So they go yeah. fully into one extreme or the other. Yeah. And I really want to help bring harmony to both because unfortunately for a lot of women and a lot of men, just a lot of people in their relationships, like money and careers and all that kind of stuff has become such a point of strife and tension in their relationship. And then that creates more stories of like for women, then they feel shame around being a successful career woman because their relationships fail. So they think, okay, I have to give up my job to be happy in my relationship. You know what I mean? We go to one extreme or the other and we need to be more sensitive in the middle. Definitely. And I think we do live in a very black or white society. And so finding that shade of gray and that harmony is really important. It's also like literally your birth chart. It's like, yep, yep. (laughs) Like you're creating harmony. You're shining in the seventh house. I love it. But even for me, you know, in the pandemic, so in the lockdown period of 2020, when I started seeing my current therapist, like I believe it was in the first session I had with her. She was like, how do you describe yourself as a woman? And I literally was like taken aback by that question because at first I didn't know how I would describe myself as a woman. I was like, I guess I'm like high achieving and ambitious and da, da, da. And then she was like, well, you just use all like masculine energy traits to describe yourself. And so that's kind of how I started my own feminine energy, like self-discovery. And I read this book called The Wild Woman's Way. I don't know if you've read it before. I think I've heard of it. I've read so many books. I'm sure I have. Yeah. And that's kind of how I first started learning about all the ways to tap into my feminine. And I started this work. And then around like a month and a half, two months later was when I manifested my current boyfriend and we started dating. We're still dating. And I really think that in healing that feminine and healing that connection to myself and to that part of me that I was really disconnected from, I was then able to manifest healthy love where I felt safe and where I feel like I'm able to balance both. Even though sometimes I do still oscillate a little bit more towards Mm -hmm. the masculine. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I love that question. I feel like all the listeners need to ponder on that of like, how would you describe yourself as a woman? And you know what? I bet you there's a lot of listeners that are like, I don't know. So many people, they don't even know themselves. It's so unfortunate. They are living out everybody else's life. They're living out what somebody else wants them to be or who they think they should be. They don't even stop and ask themselves, who do I want to be? Like, what do I want my life to look like? Rather than looking at everybody else, like stop and look at yourself and what you want. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that I didn't know when I first was asked that question, I didn't know the answer. I didn't know how I described myself as a woman. I was kind of shook at first. So I do Mm -hmm. think it's a really good journaling prompt and like a reflection Mm -hmm. question. But what are your tangible tips for women who like still want to be really successful, but also want to have that balanced feminine? Like what are some tangible things that you do as a successful woman that has that very strong feminine energy within you? Okay. So number one is definitely embracing your sensuality because that is such an important part of us as women and the feminine energy within us. So we are sensual beings. We need to tap into our senses in order to feel full. That's why, for example, like, you know, your partner or a guy friend or whatever, he could be eating the same food every day and it's fine. But you're like, no, I'm bored. I want something yes. different. Like, this isn't satisfying me. But to him, it's like, it doesn't matter. Just fucking eat it and then you're full. 
we want our senses to be satisfied. We want things to feel good. We want things to look good, smell good, taste good. We want to be able to like touch nice things, etc. So making sure that you are allowing your senses to be ignited throughout the day and then embracing your sensuality. So I would say I dance like nearly every day, but I just do it after oh. I work out. We have a gym in our house. So like it obviously depends where you live, but you could just still do it in your apartment. But I do my Pilates and then I will have some dance time off that and I, you don't necessarily need to be like fist pumping having bangers playing that's not what it's about it's just it's literally about moving your body in a way that feels nourishing and moving it with the music so I do that pretty much every day at the end of Pilates I'm like on the mat whatever feels right I just embrace that but then you know if you are just in your apartment you put some music on whilst you're making dinner whatever allow yourself to just dance and dance like no one's I always say dance like no one's watching you yeah. but like you're being paid to dance so Ooh, you really yeah like so because yeah. people need to feel like no one's watching them in order to be fully expressed sometimes you know if there's fears around being seen in your expression, then you need to make sure that it's like no one's watching you. But at the same time, you want to dance like you're being paid to dance. So definitely dancing. And another thing I would also say would be having transition time between work and coming home. Even if you work at home, like I work at home, even if you work at home, can you have a space that is dedicated solely to work, number one? And then number two, can you have a transition that brings you from work to home? Like my transition can look a little bit different every day, but for example, like my transition will be, I'm going to the sauna after I finish my work day. I'm going to like do the groceries and everything. I'll have some music on in the car, whatever it is. I'm going to buy more Christmas decorations because I'm obsessed with Christmas. So that will be my transition between work, calming myself down, being back in my body, back in that playful, sensual energy and then coming back home. So even though I'm still at home the whole day, it's about just shifting energy. So sensual energy and then having some kind of like transition plan every day would also be really good. And then the third thing that people don't think about is this. So in order for your feminine energy to feel safe, to actually be embodied, you have to have masculine energy. So the masculine energy is what allows the feminine to feel safe because it's being contained. And we need to be contained. We want to feel like we could be so expressed and wild and free, like in a relationship, for example, but our boyfriend, our partner, fiance, husband, whatever, would pull us in when we're about to tip over the edge. That creates a feeling of safety because we feel like we can be our most expressed selves and we don't need to limit ourselves or watch ourselves because we have the masculine doing that for us. So he's the protector. You can do this for yourself though. The way that you could do it is that you have a plan for the day or you have a plan for your meals for the week or you know what you're going to do every day at work or whatever it's it is. structure. Exactly. The structure, the plan makes you feel relaxed because a constant state of chaos, and a, which is the feminine, a constant state of chaos and flow can actually feel very stressful because you don't know what you need to get done. So when there is structure, it allows us to just be wild and free throughout the day knowing that everything's going to get done that has to get done and not being in our head all day stressing about what if things don't get done. So structure in whatever way you need the structure is also really important. And then I would also say just like in your relationship, like side note is give your partner permission. Like if he's the masculine pole, give your partner permission to pull you in when you're getting too wild because I, it's a fucking turn on, like play with it. It is seriously a turn on when a man says no to you. 
because it's not no in a derogatory, mean, controlling way. It's you are feeling like you can be so wild and so yourself and so expressed. And he is the one keeping an eye out for everything because every high achieving woman can agree with it is fucking exhausting to feel like you need to keep an eye out for everything. You have to watch behind your back. You have to make sure that you're not doing anything too crazy or going too far over the edge. It's very exhausting because why it's exhausting is we feel like we have to contain our creativity. We don't want to feel like we have to contain our creativity. We want to be wild and we want someone else to be the one making those logical, smart decisions. And when you're in a masculine feminine relationship, when he feels like he can make the logical, smart decisions, he feels like he's the provider and the protector. And then you feel like you can just be in your creative flow. So it's really like a win-win, honestly. All of those are insanely amazing tips. I love them. So like tapping into your senses, whether it's like cooking really nourishing meals and picking your favorite scent for the day and like lighting a candle and incense and Palo Santo and like doing little nourishing things like that. And then my favorite one was the transition from work to like evening, like restful energy, because I struggle with that the most. Like, I feel like all the other ones I can kind of do already. So that's number two. I'll dive into that in a sec again. And then letting yourself be in the feminine while you are near someone else or like near your significant other, like letting yourself feel protected by someone else, like allowing that and then also creating some structure for yourself so that you yeah. can flow within that structure. Right. And I find that like yes. I've been on opposite extremes. Like I've been in moments where like I had no routine, I had no lists, I had no things on my schedule, on my calendar, and I felt so chaotic and so yeah. all over the place. And then I've had moments where like I've reconnected to my morning routine or to different mm-hmm. little things that ground me. And then I've been able to be so much more creative in having yes. that stability for myself. Yeah. So I love that tip. And I think the transition one is really important too, because I also work for myself. I work from home and I don't have an office space. We're moving Mm -hmm. eventually. And I really want to get a two bedroom so I can have my office. So I can have that physical separation and be like, okay, I'm leaving my office. I am leaving my work there. Correct. Correct. Yes. Agreed. Even still though, like if you're working, you know, in an apartment and you don't have a full office space, just make your transition, like going outside for a walk at the end of the day, putting your feet grass like when I was living in New York I did this all the time more so in summer obviously in winter was where I would just go to like where there was grass and I would take my shoes off and just put my feet in the grass because it would ground me so much after a big work day especially if you're living in a high-rise building in an apartment you're already not feeling grounded because you're so high up so being able to just put your feet in the grass in New York is so it's like the smallest thing but it feels fucking incredible on the weekends as well like if you live in a big city what I used to do is on the weekends I would go to Central Park I would take my dogs I would get a picnic blanket have a book bring some snacks and just sit there for like three hours I'd let them be on one of those super long extendable leads so I would just like sit on the leads like under my bum and they would just be able to kind of like roam around a little bit but they'd still be on a lead I'd read my book feet in the grass like the smallest little things Take a bit of dedication. So be dedicated to knowing that you are going to feel better after giving yourself that. You'll be able to feel it. Yeah. I mean, I live in New York, so those are really great yeah. tips. But what about when it's winter time and you can't like go and like be in the grass? Well, see, I love to ski. So I, when I was living in New York, every winter, I would spend so much time in the mountains. So if, you know, if you can't put your feet in the grass, still you can go to Central Park and that would be, you know, a bit of nature still. 
or make the effort on the weekend, like with a friend to go upstate or get on a train and go somewhere different, you know, mm-hmm. go to a town, yeah. that kind of stuff. They'll be really helpful. And then you can also think about food. So there's foods yes. that are grounding, you know, there's, you know, having tea, making cacao, that's really grounding, sweet potato, pumpkin, root vegetables, slow cooked meat, all of those things are going to make your body feel more grounded, but also just try and get out of the city. Like it's so nourishing. It's really important. Like really try and get out of the city as much as you can. And I was going to say too, like even, you know, in the winter, you can like get out of your house and like go for a small little walk, even if it's dark outside and like grab a tea or like grab your tea yes. at home and take it with you and like walk for yes. 10 minutes. Like yes. something Correct. simple like that, just to create that like little ritual is a really yes. good idea. So I love that. Yeah. And something you talked about in your podcast kind of recently that I really wanted to pick your brain on and just talk about, cause I think it's really important. And a lot of people want to know more about it is how do you step out of the role of like mothering your significant other and step into the position of like lover so this duality between lover and mother archetypes can we dive into that a little bit yes okay so they're completely different energies and a lot of women they mother their man I'm just gonna say man so depending whatever your relationship status is they mother their man and it's very emasculating so what happens is by constantly mothering your man you are not letting him be his most masculine self, right? You are making him smaller and smaller and smaller. You're mothering him and you're complaining that he isn't enough, that he's not strong enough, that he doesn't take you out on enough dates, that he doesn't fuck you well enough, that he doesn't woo you enough, et cetera, et cetera. So the mother energy has an energy of he's not capable of doing it himself. I don't trust him to do it himself. I don't trust him to leave the house on time to get to his appointment. So I'm going to keep reminding him or I'm going to drive him myself or I don't trust him to get out of bed at a certain time. So I'll drag him out of bed. I don't trust him to fill out his doctor form. So I'll fill him out for him. Or, you know, I don't trust him to book his own hair appointment, like haircuts. So I'll book it. Like it's, it's, it's basically how you would treat your son. Your son is not capable of taking himself to the doctor, of booking his own haircut appointment, et cetera, et cetera. So you do it for yourself. Your son doesn't, you know, pay for the dinner. You pay for the dinner. There you go. Like it's all these little ways that we emasculate and we mother. The lover energy is more so the energy of when it comes to like caretaking of I don't need to look after you, but I want to look after you. I don't need to tell you like what to do. I'm going to allow myself to just let go and trust that you know what to do. I'm going to let you make mistakes because it's not my job to ensure that you don't make mistakes. So the lover energy and the mother energy, the crossover can be when there is caretaking because men do love to feel like we look after them. So women get confused of like, okay, well, that I'm like mothering him if I'm looking after him. And like some women are like, I don't want to mother him. Or some women actually feel safer feeling like they're mothering him because they actually feel in control. So they have to work on their control issues, right? It's like a very subliminal way that the control freak slips in is by mothering. So the lover energy when it comes to caretaking is I want to look after you. I don't need to. I don't have to. You're capable of looking after yourself, but I want to. If he's sick, you want to bring him pumpkin soup. You want to look after him. You want to make his life easier, but you're not doing it because he's incapable of doing it himself as a man. So that's kind of the energy difference of the mother versus the lover. Um, And a lot of women, they do slip into the mother energy and they do it from like 
their own subconscious shit around men. They do it from not trusting men. They do it because they want to feel like they subliminally need to control them in order to feel safe. They constantly kind of emasculating without realizing it in the hope that if I emasculate him enough, or if I mother him enough, he might finally be a good enough man for me. He might finally woo me and, you know, lead and cherish me and et cetera, et cetera. And they don't realize that communicating with a man is so different to communicating to a woman. So if you kind of like shame a woman because of our inherent need to feel like we are accepted by the community and accepted by other women around us, we will fix ourselves so that we don't get shamed again. Men don't have that because men don't need to feel part of the community in order to feel safe because they can survive alone. Women cannot yes, survive alone in the so wild. that is so true. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, that is so true. Right. So if you are shaming a man, it doesn't make him want to be better. It makes him curl into his little turtle shell and actually feel like less of a man. And then because men, and this is where it's like, God, healing your relationship with men and understanding men will do wonders for your feminine energy because but the majority of men and the majority of men are good. The majority of men, all they want to do is make us happy. All they want is for us to be happy. And if they feel like they are not enough of a man, they will leave. And they will leave not just because you're shaming them all the time. They will also leave because they want you to be happy. Like they sacrifice themselves so much for us. And we don't see that because we are so stuck in our heads and our ego that we don't realize maybe their way of communicating and their brain is actually different to ours. Like we don't want to believe that because we are so led to believe that being a woman is right and being a man is wrong nowadays. So we feel like men need to constantly be communicating with us in the way that we want to be communicated with, but we never flip the script and go, well, maybe I need to learn how to communicate with men. Like, is it all about us? You know? Yeah, so men will then leave a relationship if they're constantly feeling like they're not enough for us because to them, they are sacrificing themselves to do us a service so that we can be happier. And then women are like, why did he leave? Like, I don't understand. I just want him to be better. I loved him. I want him to be better. It's like he left because the way that you were communicating with him was not inspiring him to be better. So what I always say is like, you want to be the muse for a man, You want to be the muse for him to be better. You want to be his muse. So you want to inspire him to be a better man, not shame him to be a man. So just think like be a muse for men. Like that is us as feminine beings of be the muse. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a super interesting concept of like how men react to criticism in the sense of like Mm -hmm. when a man receives like a criticism, it's not going to encourage him to like change himself and like almost abandoned himself to please everyone else. And he's just going to be like, well, it's fine. Like that is me. And right. at the same time though, if if it's like repeated and if it's done in a certain way where it's like you're mothering him or you're like, you need to change. You're not good enough. Blah, blah, blah. Like his intention isn't to change, to adapt. It's more so I'm going to leave because I want you to be happy. And clearly I'm not making you happy right, right now. Obviously like there's always that piece of, This is like a generalization and men can be insecure. Men have their own shit to work on. Like there's always going to be that in there for a lot of men as well. That can definitely be a factor of them leaving. But if we were to be talking about healed men, like they've done their shit, they're fully secure, 
et cetera, et cetera, they're confident. This is how it will play out. There's obviously going to be insecurities in there for a lot of men that need to be worked on. And so it's really important, just like you want to feel safe in a relationship as a woman, they want to feel safe too. And if you don't know how to communicate with them properly, they're not going to feel safe. Yeah, exactly. And you were saying, you mentioned like being their muse and also like the proper communication. So like, what are some tangible tips for that? How do you okay. embody being his muse or like, how do you communicate in a way that's going to encourage him to be better, or to grow in different yeah. ways? Okay. So for example, and I always say this because I don't want people to think that like, I'm different to everybody else. So my fiance and I, like when we met, I already was doing this work. I was very much like, I want a masculine man, et cetera, et cetera. He had no idea what that meant. Like masculine what? No idea this world existed. No idea what coaching was. My whole world was completely new to him and new to his whole family, honestly. And why I share this is because I don't want women thinking that, oh, well, it's easy for Monica to say she's dating this man that's like fully into self-development, et cetera. Absolutely not. No idea what it was, et cetera, et cetera. But I actually never was really interested in those kind of men anyway. And I've carried this feminine masculine through all of my relationships and dating experiences since I like got into this work. So I share this because it wasn't like I made him go on some men's retreat, read a hundred books to understand what masculine energy was. No, the way that I helped him to understand it and really embody it was, well, actually he said it to me the other night. He said to me, this is like pretty much word for word. I said to him, I'm like, oh my God, the day you finally come on my podcast, you have to say this. He said to me, I am so grateful of the woman that you are because you have allowed me to become the man that I've always wanted to be. And that sentence is really important. He said, you have allowed me by me being the woman that I am. It has given him permission and space to be the man that he has always wanted to be. So because I never forced anything on him, because I never made him be any different or made him read a book or change himself, Instead, what I did was I continued to be feminine and I would share with him, share, not tell, I would share with him when I would love him to do something or even better is I would praise him when he was taking the lead, which was his natural desire to do so anyway, because I never shut down his masculinity. It was always like, I always kept giving him permission from the get-go to lead. Yes. Keep going, keep going. Like I would be kind of doing that. And so because I would continue to give him permission and praise when he would be leading, when he'd be making decisions, when he'd be doing all those kind of things, it allowed him to feel safe, to continue to do what he naturally wanted to do because men naturally want to lead. We naturally want to be in our feminine. So over the time of me continuing to do that, he would learn bits and pieces, right? Obviously he was now in my world to be understood my work. And when he would be confused about something, he would just ask. And he would ask because he knew it was safe to ask. He knew that I wanted to share it with him and that I would explain it to him. I never had the assumption that, or the expectation that he just needed to know this all already. I wanted him to feel like he could learn and that we would have a relationship where there was always open communication. So for example, if he did something and I didn't really like it, I would share with him why and what I wanted to do instead. Boom, down, learnt next time onwards. And now we're in the kind of dynamic where if I am 
you know, overthinking something, or if I'm getting my fucking hands in travel plans or something, he now knows completely safe to be like, can you fucking let go and just like be like, he, he would literally be like, this is your time to receive, like step back, <laughs> fucking receive. And he does it in a sexy, funny, like, and I laugh and giggle. Oh my God. And honestly, that is one of the greatest things that you can do and give permission for in your relationship. Obviously when there's safety and trust and everything is allowing your man and you to sometimes be like, can you fucking lead? Or like, can you fucking receive, like get submissive and be funny about it because it actually creates playfulness in the polarity and yeah. what can be detrimental sometimes to a relationship is over communication and making things too serious. So you also want to make sure that the polarity and that feminine and masculine is fun and playful and sexy and like joke around with it and allow yourself to be playful with it. Because if it is taken really, really seriously, you can start to overthink it and you actually can start to be like, that was mean, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh my God, I'm fucking joking. So it's important that you stay playful with it. But like some really tangible tips for relationships and allowing him to be in his masculine is literally that allow, give him permission, give him space to be in his masculine. Don't try and get in there all the time. Like next time he wants to plan a date, let him plan the whole fucking date. Don't give him where you want to go at one time, et cetera, et cetera. Don't say, we need to leave the house at this time. Let him do that. And if that means that you are an hour late to your reservation and then it's missed because he wasn't leading, that's actually important because he needs to yeah. learn, especially if the relationship has never had this dynamic. He is now learning what this dynamic looks like. So you can't get in there and try and control the dynamic. Instead, you need to actually allow that to be a phase of mistakes and whatnot because you guys are getting into this new balance and new play in your relationship which will take time and energy and patience and my follow-up question to that is if in the relationship like let's say the woman is already used to being the planner she's already embodying yeah. that energy and she yeah. wants to shift it and she wants mm -hmm. to shift it to a more empowering dynamic where she allows a man to lead she like allows mm -hmm. herself to receive how can someone in that situation start to create that if like what she's shown her significant other or her boyfriend yeah. or whatever that that's like the current dynamic like how do you shift that energy so have a conversation men need very clear blunt straightforward don't beat around the bush don't just assume he's gonna pick up on the vibe change nope he's not don't do that you need to sit down and as an example like, hey, honey, I was listening to this podcast, X, Y, Z, and I've realized that I've been heavily in my masculine. I haven't let you lead, et cetera, et cetera. Start with an apology. It will mean so much to him. Start with an apology. If I am sorry that I have not let you be the man in this relationship. I did not know I was doing this. I am learning. And I want you to know that I would love for you to start to take the lead in the relationship. This might take a little bit of time. I'm learning. You may need to remind me possibly a lot to let go and to trust you, but I want to start this conversation and I want us to both start learning so that we can feel like there is more polarity and sexiness in our relationship because I've realized that I think this could be affecting X, Y, Z, whatever it is. But honestly, a lack of polarity affects pretty much everything in a relationship, especially trust. And it builds a lot of resentment. I will also say the caveat to that is that what some women can find when they bring out this conversation is their boyfriend's like, well, I don't want to do that. And this is where it becomes difficult 
because a lot of men have also been led to believe, and we've kind of done this, unfortunately, as in women have done this to men, they can be lazy because we'll control everything. We'll do everything. We'll plan the dates. We'll pick up the slack. So unfortunately, a lot of men have actually been allowed to be lazy. So they are really lazy about their relationships and about cherishing and leading and chasing. And like, you know, you want to be in a relationship where 10 years on, you're still feeling like he's chasing you. You're still feeling like if you didn't reply to a text for six hours or three hours, he'd be phoning you like, excuse me, uh, is everything okay? Like not from an anxious place, but from a place of I'm your man. Like, why is there not communication here? Why? Because it continuously creates this feeling of I am wanted, I am cherished, et cetera. And men, when they have to work for something, they cherish it more. You know, if you that were easy true. for them, yeah, if you chased them and they never had to work for you, they are not going to cherish you as much as when you made them chase them. And it doesn't mean that you play games. Like, this is a whole other fucking topic. It doesn't mean that you play games. It means you just understand how men work. Anyway, and you allow being, yourself to like, yeah not give all of yourself immediately exactly and like, exactly like, i think it's like a hot take but it's like a lot of women you know are becoming more empowered and it's a big thing recently but it's like mm-hmm. i've always been an advocate of like if possible don't have sex on the first date just because yeah. like you know you have to let the man like chase it a little bit and yeah like, and he has to prove that really he's worthy and i remember i was talking to my younger brother he's three years younger a while ago and we were talking about this and he was saying, like, if a girl made me, you know, work hard for it and then I got it, I'm going to want to keep working hard to keep it, you know? Yeah. So I think yes. that's a very, very yes. true thing. And I feel like yeah. I could continue picking your brain for like five hours, but I want to do some rapid fire questions with you. Yeah. So let's, okay, love it. let's go into it. Just answer intuitively whatever comes to mind. But the first question is, do you have a quote or a mantra that you love or that you live by? I would say what I actually constantly remind myself of is probably that like time is an illusion. And I would say that I remind myself of this. Yes, it's not so much a mantra, but it's a reminder because I look back at my own life and I'm like, remember Monica, like time is a fucking illusion. Right now you might think it's going to take this many more months to achieve this thing, but for all you know, it could happen tomorrow. So like that is stay so in alignment. True. Yeah, like stay in alignment, keep your head strong, keep your heart in it blah, 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 like being good energy because you don't know when it could happen. So I would actually say that the time is an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And do you have any books that have like shaped your experience that have helped you and that you'd recommend to anyone listening? Okay. I actually, I don't because people always ask this question, but I will say I'm reading this really good book at the moment and not everybody will need this, but for any woman that struggles with hiring, and I'm saying this because I know so many women, so many of my friends, and it's actually a really big problem is that People on C-suite levels, if you're running your own company, people are struggling to find good hires. Read this book called Who, and it's by Jeff Smart and Randy Street. I haven't finished reading it, but it is fucking fantastic. And I don't read a lot of business books, but it's an easy read. Very, very tangible. gives great tips. So I would read that one. I would say another book that I read very early on in this journey that definitely made me have a bit of a wake-up call was Pussy. Oh my God, who is it by? She's quite famous in like the whole sensual feminine energy world. I can't remember her name, but I would say Pussy is a really good one. Uh, yeah. I just looked it up. It's Pussy, a Reclamation by Regina Thomas Howard. Yes, that is the one. You know whose book I actually read recently? 
Marie Folio's book. It's a very easy read. And probably mm-hmm. for a lot of your listeners, they already know everything in the book. But it was one of those books where, and possibly a really good like December over the holiday, easy read. It was just one of those books where it reminded you that you are capable of doing everything. And sometimes we all just need that little pick me up and a little reminder that you are capable of doing everything, especially if you've been like working a lot and you haven't been reading or you've been feeling like, am I capable of this, et cetera, et cetera. I blew through that book in only a few days. It was was called Everything is Figureoutable. It's her new book and it was fantastic. So that would be another book I would recommend. Those all sound really good. I have to read the pussy book as well. And okay, next question is, what makes you feel like your higher self? I would say doing my events for a work thing and then skiing for a personal thing. I skied for the first time this year and it's so fun. I'm very beginner. I want to do it again. I am obsessed. Yeah. I am very lucky that I found myself a man that can ski as intensely as I do. Uh Um, You're like skiing down the black diamond ones, just going crazy. Oh, oh, no, no, not even black diamond. The ones that says like risk of death. Like that's where we go. Oh my God. we actually met skiing. We met on a chairlift. And I remember like he said to me after we met, like, can I, can we, he was with a friend. Can we follow you to Larkspur Bowl? And which is where I was going. And I was like, yeah, sure. And part of me was like, if you are fucking slow, like I am not oh waiting God. for you. And it was like a test. It honestly was a test because I was like, okay, they can keep up. Like, this is a good sign. And then our first, technically like our first date, it was a weekend. We decided to take a quote unquote shortcut to the village to get water and pee. And it was down through an EX section. That's like, do not end like risk of death. Like you can enter, but like, we won't save you kind of thing. We got lost for like five hours and were five miles away from the ski resort, like on the edge of like the highway. It was the wildest thing. I'm like, that is how we ski. (laughs) Wow. Oh my God. Very adventurous. I love that. The last question is if someone didn't hear anything from this episode, like they didn't hear the entire thing, they just heard this part, what would you want to leave them with? Give yourself permission to live in a way that feels the most nourishing and right in your body and in your heart. Yes. Alignment, right? Exactly. Seriously. And like giving ourselves permission, I think that's so important. Like allowing. We, we don't exactly. We don't give ourselves permission to like live the way that we want to live. It's all about what looks good. How are other people going to perceive me? It's all through the lens of I don't want to be judged, yeah. and that's not going to make you happy long term. I mean, I lived for so long not allowing myself to be feminine because I thought it was wrong, but at the same time wanting a man to love me and cherish me and devour me but me thinking that that was pathetic or weak or like against feminism the whole time because we are led to believe that but it's not true like we have to bring that and we have to bring you get to be feminine and devoured by a man and you get to be empowered and strong and you know speak your mind etc etc you get to be both and that's the beauty of it Exactly. I love it. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with you. I loved this conversation so much. I had so much fun recording and I'm sure everyone listening loved it too. Can you tell everyone where they can follow you and work with you yeah. and listen um, to your podcast? Podcast is feminine as fuck, but the you is with an asterisk. So if you just t- type in feminine as it'll come up or type in Monica Yates, it'll come up. Website is monicayateshealth.com and then Instagram is at Monica Yates Health. So I always say the easiest thing is just 
even if you just search my name on Google, then everything will come up and then you can just go to the places that you want to go to. Beautiful. And we're going to have all that linked in the description Beautiful. as well. So thank you again. And thank you to everyone listening. I hope you guys enjoyed and I had so much fun. I will see you guys in the next episode. And until then, I hope you water yourself, take care of yourself and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. 18- plus.